Hey, I'm Sarah. I'm Chloe. Happy New Year. <laughs> Hopefully this is the year we stay on a fucking schedule. We actually had uh, days scheduled and things planned, uh, but then someone got sick. Yeah. Um, Maybe it was COVID? I mean, the test... COVID? I don't know. I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, the test came back negative, but who knows? This It was a rapid test and most things are wrong half the time, so... And it really um, did um, kind of play out like uh, I've heard about a lot of people with Omicron. But the Omicrons, eh? The Omicrons. <laughs> the way they say it in them, the Omicron. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wasn't horrendously ill or anything, but I was definitely very congested and very nasty sounding and... Yeah, there would have been a lot of snot noise if we had tried to record. <laughs> yeah, and I really don't feel like doing that to anybody, so... No. You're welcome. Yeah, so this is actually our gift to you. We didn't record, uh, because you don't need to hear that much mucus. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's New Year's Day. I'm not hungover. Chloe is. Yeah, I, I could be worse. <laughs> you were worse. You were way worse last year. I spent the entire day on the couch playing Nintendo and watching TikToks, and you did not go to bed. I forgot about that until just now, and I just remember that I think you fed me Gatorade, and I finally, around like 5 p.m., was able to sit up. Yes, yeah, so I, I Uber Eats, uh, several bags of chips, several Gatorades, and wine gums for you. I can't believe that was a year ago already. How is that possible? <laughs> That's fucked up. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, um, we are not doing a Zine episode, even though we promised you we would. We'll get to that later. Um, we're going to talk about my new favorite show of all time, Yellow Jackets. It I is, am fucking obsessed. It's incredible. It is one of the best shows I've seen in recent years. Uh, if you've not followed <laughs> my Yellow Jackets screeching hour on Twitter, uh, it is a Showtime... Showtime? I think so. Showtime series. Uh, it's, I think it's like a, it's like, let's call it a dual timeline series. So there's a 1996 timeline and a present day timeline, and it follows... A soccer team from New Jersey who's playing Crashlands in the generic Canadian wilderness. <laughs> so it starts out a bit, you know, Lost-like. Yeah, it's like Lost Lord of the Flies, but with, like, teenage girls. Which is scarier than what happens on Lord of the Flies and Lost, because teenage <laughs> girls are fucking terrifying. <laughs> and then it also um, follows, uh, in the present time, a handful of the survivors from that time. Yes. And the survivors are played by uh, Christina Ricci. Melanie Linsky, Tani Cypress, and Juliette Lewis. Which, how could you ask for better? I, this is like, I mean, someone made this show just for me specifically. It's a soccer team. It's like feminist shit and potentially supernatural things. I don't know. We'll get into that. And like my favorite actresses from the 90s. Like this is like someone was scanning my dreams and made this for me. It's literally a dream show. Yeah. Um, And I've heard a lot of people... Or seen a lot of people ask if they should watch it if they're not really big on gore and I mean my answer is ultimately yes because any sort of discomfort you might have to me seems worth it because it's so good but and also the gore is pretty bad but it's definitely not yet yeah. the main focus of the show and we're seven episodes in so far yep so the really bad scenes are very few and far between so far it looks yeah. like it appears that it's going to get... You know, how are you with, like, cannibalism? If you're okay with that, then you're probably okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, FYI, there's going to be fucking spoilers throughout all this, because we're up to episode seven, and I, I, don't have, I have no fucking time for but keeping also, spoilers you out of it. You, you find out about the cannibalism You find the, the cannibalism like, real minutes. fucking quick. Like, it's really quick. <laughs> like, this is not a secret. <laughs> no. Uh, so this is... Yeah, this is the thing. Uh, so it starts off in the 90s with the soccer team, and then 
we find that there's, there's only four known survivors now that we are aware of. There could be more. I'm assuming there are more. I'm assuming there must be. Yeah. As, especially given that this is going to be a multi-season sort of deal. Yeah, season two just got announced recently. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's a synopsis. Modern timeline, 90s timeline, teenage girls are terrifying. Um, and I think our main conversation about the characters is going to be about the core four in the new timeline. Because yeah. that's where the bulk of the mystery kind of comes from. So there's... With the dual timelines, there is the element of, you know, how they're going to get out of the, the woods. <laughs> Where are they supposed to be? Because it says, like, this, the, the shot was, like, of Rockies, and I'm like, they didn't make it that fucking far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just generic Canadian Generic Canadian wilderness. <laughs> There's mountains and wolves. <laughs> Which could be, like, anywhere. But also maybe supernatural shit going on. Yeah, and I think that's... The supernatural stuff is really only kind of prevalent in the modern day stuff, which... I find very interesting. So let's start with, like I said, the character synopsis of the core four. We have Shauna, uh, Melly Linsky, uh, also played by Sophie Nelles, I think her name is, yeah. French-Canadian. And I just saw on the Yellow, Yellow Jackets fucking Instagram account that I had this question to you a while ago. I was like, did they like sit down and have a chat about how to play the characters, like the core four? Because, oh my god, the mannerisms that Shauna has both... It's astounding. Old. It's astounding. Even if they don't look exactly the same, the vibe. The vibe is there. I would actually believe that uh, Melanie Linsky is this this kid grown up. <laughs> I know. Because we have the episode playing in the background, but there's a scene where Shauna, young Shauna, is sitting in her car outside her best friend Jackie's house, and she's wearing oversized plaid shirt, t-shirt, and then there's a scene later of Melanie Linsky sitting in her car, and the way they sit is exactly the same. It the is. way they say things is exactly the same, and I think they had the, this on the Instagram today. They actually like sat down and like discussed Shauna the character, which I think is brilliant acting. Like, oh, it's so that's one of the things I appreciate most about the show is the attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Literally, you have to be watching closely the entire time. Like, don't watch this and look at your phone, because we've actually taken notes about it. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, every little thing that they drop in there means something. It isn't just the throwaway, you know, coincidence or whatever. Yeah, everything everything that you think means something probably does. Yes. Uh, so, Melinsky and Sophie Nelles, Shauna, uh, Tawny Cypress, I forget who plays Young Ty. I forget. I forget her name. We'll, we'll you figure that out. <laughs> but, so, Shauna is a survivor, a stay-at-home mom now, married to... Uh, a guy named Jeff, who happens to be the grown-up version of her best friend's boyfriend. <laughs> awkward. Um, very awkward, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and so we have Tysa. She was uh, kind of like a, a leader on the team, I guess. Did you get her name? Uh, her name is Jasmine Savoy Brown, which I did know and yes. then I forgot. And Ty, modern-day Ty, is... I don't know what she was before, but currently she is running for state senate. I'm assuming she was like a lawyer or something, because um, she has a lot of money, it seems. They have a very fancy house. Very fancy house in New Jersey. Um, the Range Rover, like, uh, they being her and her wife and their kid. Yeah. Uh, their kid is a little weird. So <laughs> what immediately hooked me on the show was like, obviously the casting, but the there's a weird supernatural vibe to it. And we see with Ty and her kid early on that... He's seeing a woman in the tr- in a tree outside his room, and we're all like, "What the fuck?" And 
there's one line. This is where we said, like, pay attention to this. There's a line where he says to Ty, you're not the bad one. And looking back, we were like, that was 100% a clue that Ty is the lady in the tree. Yep, and she is. <laughs> and she is. <laughs> uh, you know, again, trauma. There trauma. seems to be yeah. some sort of uh, personality split, sort of amnesia situation yeah. happening. But that also started back in the 90s when they were out in the yep. woods at the very least because we see some of that behavior. Yep. The dirt eating and everything from her in the 90s. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, Juliette Lewis, who is Nat. Um, and what is her counterpart? Sophie? Her, uh, Sophie Thatcher. Sophie Thatcher. Again, these two clearly have hung out and like figured out how to play this character, because the way they deliver lines, like it's, it's so, so fucking good. And of course, I have a soft spot for Nat, because she is the sort of chaotic, troubled one. <laughs> Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> who probably has, I would say, the most empathy of anyone in the show in both timelines. Um, yes. And while they're not all super close friends, it does seem that she and Ty do have um, a stronger, closer relationship. Because mm-hmm. we get the sense that Ty has bankrolled her rehab several, Mo- several times. times so. <laughs> um, and again, you know, trauma. Everybody has a trauma response. Shauna just shuts herself down. She's, you know, doesn't let herself feel much, doesn't let herself do a whole lot. Um, Ty has her amnesia split personality thing. Nat goes to rehab. And then there's Misty fucking Quigley. Misty, <laughs> Misty fucking Quigley. Oh my god. I read, a, I read a Twitter poll. What's scarier? Misty, Hannibal Lecter, uh, a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Or a literal demon, and Misty won out by a landslide. <laughs> so Misty, <laughs> Misty is played in the present day by um, Christina Ricci, and Teen Misty is Sammy Hanratty. Hanratty, yeah, she was on a, a Disney show, I think. Okay, they're both so good and so fucked. Like, like she, this oh this God. character was fucked from the get go. This character, it, yeah. According oh to God. according to Teen Misty, like I mean, she's first of all is the one who gets them stuck there because she destroys the radio transmitter yeah. thingy. Yeah, the black box and the plane crash. Um, and she, she, as far as she's concerned, this was like a fun bonding experience. Yeah. Um, anybody who thinks an experience with cannibalism involved is a fun bonding experience is yeah. so fucked. But yeah. There's, um, there's an amazing tweet that I, I wish I had, I knew the author, but they said that Misty saw her a chance to take, start a cult and she took it. Yes. Like, there's not one single normal thing about Misty. Every single thing about her is unhinged. Everything about her is completely chaotic. Like, she looks she looks like a horse girl would look in the 90s. Like, she's been bullied a lot, which I, I sympathize with, because I was bullied a lot as a kid. Sure, but I'm not going to go us who fucking are... start a cult. <laughs> most of us who are bullied don't enjoy cannibalism and locking people in their basement and torturing them. No, but here's the thing. So this is we're going to get into a bit of the character discussion. Misty is one of the coolest villains I've seen on TV because she is believable as, you know, someone who has been a bully kid who's just, you know, repressing it all and, and like, everything's great. I had a good life. And, but when you get below the surface, she's just fucking chaos. Like, she's on a date and she's like, what, the guy's like, what turns you on? She's like, oh, the usual things, legs, knuckles, escalators, <laughs> snails i'm like that's not normal shit misty (laughs) no it's like i saw somewhere that someone said it's like she's trying to think about like 
what would turn people on and then just like normal people and then just like getting it so fucking yeah, yeah wrong. just so fucking wrong it's like she's like it's like she's observing people be people and she's like i know how to do this what turns you on escalators no <laughs> <laughs> i mean sure um <clears throat> but with misty it's it's interesting to note that you know she she does look at this as something that was good for her because she was kind of like a, a leader when the crash because you know she was helping people with first aid she was helping people you know handle survivors she cut off the coach's leg and cauterized the wound which i don't think is believable but we're going to suspend belief for that one <laughs> um the sound sting on that was amazing because she cuts his leg off Ugh. blood flies in her face and then it's uh mother mother <laughs> i'm hungry i'm bleeding to death everything's fine by the way the soundtrack is incredible oh the soundtrack the is show. amazing it's perfect so with misty when matt arrives at her house <laughs> hello misty you fucking psychopathic bitch <laughs> Um, she's offering Nat something to drink. She has coconut LaCroix, which I'm just like, no, no one likes that. No one likes that LaCroix in general because it tastes like no. someone farted after eating strawberries near sparkling water. And then brandy, brandy. which is like, okay, if that's your one If that's your alcohol, one alcohol, that's... are you a super villain? Actually, yes, she is. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like most... just bizarre fucking things. And like, and when she goes out for drinks, she gets like... Chocolate martinis, espresso martinis, sugary fucking cocktails. Again, it's like a kid going out. Like, when I was sneaking into bars, I would be like, what's the sugariest fucking thing that looks normal? Uh, like, uh, Long Island iced tea. Exactly. It's like a teenager who's just been allowed to drink, except that she's not a teenager, but she is, like, emotionally is very much yeah. a teenager. She, it's, and she's terrifying because she has the emotional range of a, a 16-year-old, 18-year-old. But she has the intelligence of... Uh, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, so she really just does whatever the fuck that she wants. Yeah, she's very much not... She's not led by reason. She's led by just instinct. And whereas Shauna is very calculated Mm -hmm. um, and very reserved, Misty is kind of out there with the crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Shauna has her... uh... Moments too, like one of the first things we see her do is just like hack this rabbit in the garden to bits. For Shauna, it's like a lot of people think that she's just like some boring housewife, and yeah. you know she has her kind of boring family, and she doesn't really have a yeah. job or anything, and she just. But, you know, she's been through some shit, and I feel almost like this rabbit thing is like her sort of purposely being a bit weird. <laughs> Yeah, it's like she doesn't let herself... The facade is so thick and so strong, she doesn't really let that come down, and this is what she does to kind of, like, react to the trauma now, I guess? Yeah, and her clothes, too. She wears a lot of things that have, like, cutesy... I mean, even... I I know she's, like, a carried, so that's part of it, but even when she's going to a restaurant that's kind of fancy, she'll wear, like, a sweater with a cat on it. Yeah, it's... It's, again, one of those things, it's like someone who doesn't know what modern day fashion is like. And there, I think there is an argument to be made that she is very, very much stuck in this time. Um, in the latest episode we watched, episode 7, um, the group kind of splits. And Ty and her girlfriend Van, played by the amazing Liv Hewson from uh, Santa Clarita Diet. <laughs> so good. Um, they split off because they, they want to go find help, shelter, or something. Like road out of the woods. That's anything not that's not the, the middle of the woods. Yeah. Uh, so Van is <laughs> doing a dramatic retelling of while you were sleeping, <laughs> which is which is amazing and hilarious. But 
uh, in the <laughs> current time, Misty has a hostage because of course she fucking does. And by the way, she has this hostage because in her mind she is helping her friends. Yep. Because that's a thing you do. <laughs> and you want to help people, take a hostage. <laughs> um, so she has a murder bunker, I guess, in, the, in her basement. Um, I'm sure there's bodies in the walls as well. Uh, but she's showing while you were sleeping to the hostage. Also to point out, there is a copy of Misery on top of the TV, and some of the people on Reddit have been calling her Mystery. (laughs) In reference to Annie Wilkes cutting off Paul Sheldon's leg and all that kind of crap, and yeah. But there is something, I like, again, I love that line, someone said on Twitter, Misty saw the chance to start a cult, and she took it. Mm -hmm. Um, And she definitely thinks of this as... A good time. And you, you made the point earlier where she's very reactive, where Shauna is a little more methodical in what she does. And it, it really kind of comes through in the past. What I find interesting is that the methodical nature of Shauna kind of didn't help them with the whole bribery thing. Like, they, they, were, they were blackmailed for $50,000. And first of all, tell Misty that shit because she's a, your closest thing to a criminal. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, you lose both ways, but. Yeah, if you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you are going for. <laughs> um, so, Misty's, like, obsessed with true crime. She's a citizen detective. Like, she's going to be the weirdo who knows enough about laws and how crimes are solved to probably, like, not have you guys get caught. Also, why is this shit would you give them real money? Like, what the, f- why would you give the people blackmailing you real money? I mean, I guess to truly get them off your back, right? Because they probably figure out that it was fake at some point, and then true. But I'm also just like, why? Because Shauna bought a tracker again, thinking ahead. Like this is the this is the plan. We'll give them the money. We'll put a, uh, an air tag in it. Follow them around. Figure out who's who's blackmailing us. Hooray! Shauna is so interesting too because she is will do pretty much everything in her power to avoid any sort of conflict. But she does a lot of things that would really inspire conflict. Yeah. And one thing I love about how they've written this character is that she is a terrible, terrible fucking liar. So bad. Like, the worst fucking liar. But she is a master manipulator. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very impressive. Um, Also, Melinsky is just fucking amazing. And the way she delivers some of her lines is just... I cry laughing. Um, Right now, we get the sense that Jackie, her best friend as a teenager, didn't survive or didn't come back. But anyway, she's now no longer... <laughs> amongst the living, we get the sense that she survived the woods, but maybe n- didn't survive much past that. Yeah, because there's clues that she was alive further into the nineties. Yeah, there's a scene where Shauna currently is going through Jackie's old diary as a teenager, and there's movies referenced from nineteen ninety nine. So, um, yeah, Jackie's no longer with us, um, and they're, they're having brunch with Jackie's parents. And Shauna just goes, "I even like my own kid," or something along those lines. <laughs> I don't like my daughter. <laughs> And she means it. And she means it. Her daughter is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, she sucks. <laughs> but that's, you know, to admit that just so casually. Just is... casually. It's just like, and like, and to not think that that's something that would be taken poorly by people. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, part of why she doesn't like her own daughter is because her daughter really doesn't, for the most part, see her at all until she sort of encounters her in an awkward situation. Yeah. Like, she also thinks that her mom is just this boring housewife. Yeah. And really disrespects her as a result. 
Yeah, it's kind of like, how can I be expected to look up to you when there's nothing to look up to? Yeah. Um, and the awkward situation you mentioned is uh, a guy named Adam. Uh, Shauna ran into him, <laughs> literally, with her car. <laughs> and uh. there's, there's speculation that um, Adam isn't actually a guy named Adam. There's speculation that he is the son of, one of the sons of the dead coach from the plane crash. Javi. Javi. Which I feel is plausible, but also, who knows, With it could go so many ways with the show, so... Yeah, I mean, there's there's like, there's things to point to it could be. Like, um, Shauna's kid made a point, like, do you think he doesn't know who you are? And she's like, what? <laughs> Google your name. And Shauna Googles her own name, and of course, all the stuff with the plane crash comes up. And she kind of, like, shuts everything down. I was like, nope, didn't want to talk about that. Didn't even know that was out there. So she's living in some sort of, like created reality where she's like I'm just living my life after this thing that was the past this is now I'm not gonna fucking get into it <laughs> but it's like everybody knows your shit dear yeah and I mean like you don't come back from like light cannibalism quickly or easily <laughs> <laughs> I like how you say light cannibalism <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying light cannibalism because you only seen them so far eat one person yeah. <laughs> maybe it gets into like medium to large cannibalism <laughs> later I don't know there's just the one person now in the pit we'll figure that out <laughs> 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 but I mean, like, look, is there levels of cannibalism? I don't know. I'm not I a cannibal. I, I really don't think so. I think the second that you become a cannibal, that's like, that's, you've crossed Do you come the back line. from that, too? Like, are you, like, once you're a cannibal, like, are you always a cannibal? Can you be, like, a reformed cannibal? My reference of, of cannibals in, in pop culture is, like, alive, or this was based on. Um, well, but, like, okay. But also, but like, it, Cannibal Lecter. But it's also, like, a, were, were you being a cannibal for survival reasons or because you just really like the taste of human flesh? I feel like Misty enjoys the taste of human flesh. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think there's a difference there. Nat are like playing buddy cop yeah. and they're on their little road trip and Misty goes into the gas station to buy snacks and she buys jerky. Which is disgusting. So... Even Nat's like, jerky? Really? And Misty's like, what? She just shrugs. Does not understand, like, why is this girl? Because you ate people. Because you fucking ate people, Misty. Because <laughs> you dried and ate meat, that's why. Do we know that they dried it, though? Do we know, do we know if they went through the whole aging process? I mean, can, you, I... can you dry age a human? <laughs> We're gonna get taken down. <laughs> By the way, we do not condone cannibalism. <laughs> no one fucking condones cannibalism. Except for, Except for actual cannibals. <laughs> of which we are not. <laughs> Moving on. Back to Adam. Uh, there is uh, speculation that he is Javi. Um, and there have been very interesting angles of, like, on him and Shauna. They're having an affair, obviously. Him and John are having sex. Uh, he has an intricate-looking tattoo on his back, and people have been trying to pause it and figure out if the tattoo on his back is the symbol that makes an appearance in the, in the pilot and that has been mailed to the survivors. And see, that's what I'm talking about in terms of the attention to detail, because I feel like they wouldn't just include the fact that he has a big back tattoo as a throwaway detail. I mm -hmm. feel like it means something. Even if it's not that, it means something. Yeah. And uh, there was, I think it was episode six or seven, where um, Javi goes to Shauna. They have a bit of a bond, like a, as like a familiar, teenagers. As a te yeah. Yeah, teenagers. Um, it's like a, like, not like a, a romantic one, so it's like a friendly, like, the, you're a young kid, I'll, I'll be nice to you, because you didn't ask to go on this trip and you're stuck in the woods with us. Mm -hmm. Shauna gives him something to do a journal entry with and kind of write his thoughts down. 
um, and to do some art. And there's a picture somewhere of um, mountains that he drew. And it looks like Adam has a mountain tattoo on his back. So there's like people are like, oh, it could be the same guy. Uh, and, it's, and they've not actually shown us that Shauna has seen the tattoo. No. The few times we've seen them together and he's not had a shirt on. Um, it's, he was with the, jumped off the bridge. He had his back to her and she was on the other side where the tattoo is. And when she when he sent to the photo of like the really weird sex of like, here's all my clothes on the floor. What are you doing? <laughs> and she said, lay on the floor, uh, face down. Um, I might show up later. And they didn't follow that up with anything. So I wonder if that's like, did she go? Did she not go? Or did she know that he's got this huge tattoo? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really think that's something that's going to become more clear later on. Yeah. We're just, like, I'm very impatiently waiting for the episode tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that's there's the speculation of this. And then the whole thing of, like, who's doing the blackmailing? Is he involved? Like, what's going on? Because it, it looks like in the trailer for episode eight, um, <laughs> after he and Shauna have sex in her bed at her house, <laughs> when her husband comes home, she shows Adam into a closet. Uh, and then she finds glitter in a closet. And during the weird <laughs> blackmail heist chase scene they cover the guy whoever it was in glitter and ty says we go look for an asshole covered in glitter <laughs> and there's glitter in a closet somewhere that she's found which is you know you don't always just have you know even if you're gay you don't always just have glitter hanging out in your closet no i i have mine in the bathroom in a jar yeah so, exactly you know, <laughs> i keep it stored properly <laughs> you, don't, you don't just have a closet full of glitter no um i'd like one though that's kind of fun <laughs> So that's one of the theories. Uh, and another theory that comes up frequently is who was the lady in the tree? And we've, and we've realized that's Ty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with, with the disassociation, I don't think it's like true DID. I think it's a trauma response or a panic response mm-hmm. or a stress response. Yes. Um, so that's interesting. And I don't know where they're going to go with that. I I don't know because again, it's sort of it, it, it's sort of a storyline in the past and the present. So yes, because it's meaningful for sure. Yeah, and I think that you know something triggers it obviously, and I want to know what that trigger is besides the obvious generic. It's a stressful situation, um, and I kind of wonder if we're going to see that this season or next season. I also cannot wait for Shauna's facade to crack because when that meltdown happens, it's going to be amazing. It is going to be truly... Present day, Shauna. Yes, I know. It's going (laughs) to be truly epic. Like, I'm not using that word in a way that a lot of people use that word. It is truly going to be a whole scene. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's going to be the freakout to end all freakouts. Yeah. Um, Speaking of freakouts, one of my favorite scenes with uh, modern day Nat is when they go to do the uh, money drop. Um, And... (laughs) And this is going to be like a multi-tiered thing. So they go to the money drop. Uh, Nat goes to a corner, a convenience store and comes back with a bottle of booze at 2 in the morning. And you can't sell liquor after 10 in New Jersey. So she just knows that the clerk behind the counter has a bottle and she bought it off them. So there's a level of understanding of not, like, not mainstream, like not like underground stuff, but like... Shauna and Ty were like, how the fuck did you do this? She's like, the clerk, obviously. She's like, how else would they get through this night shift yeah. sort of thing? And she's right? like, well, this is something that she just assumes is common knowledge. And the other two don't. So there's a level of privilege they have to not have to go to odd sources to get something they're addicted to. Uh-huh. 
Uh, so they do the drop, and one thing Ty says is, we're here because of her. So what does the fuck does that mean? Um, and that her being that. Her being that. Yeah. And Juliette Lewis deserves an award for that scene alone. She flips out on Ty and Shauna and basically tells them, we're all fucked up. You guys are just better at hiding it, but you're still fucked up. Juliet has been so incredible and Nat's pain is so palpable because of Juliet's performance. Yeah. Like I've just been completely stunned by yeah. every single second that she's been on screen. Yeah. I mean there's some there's some actors and performers where I can I, I watch them in a thing and it's just it's that actor pretending to be something. Like if I watch Meryl Streep, Meryl kind of like becomes the character. Mm-hmm. Um, you watch Tom Cruise, it's Tom Cruise running around yelling. Like that's it's it's not you know, it's not a performance. It's just him doing something. Yeah. Juliette Lewis, the, the controlled mannerisms in the way she walks and the way she moves and, and how she delivers lines. And she, it's a kind of, she's kind of playing it like she's always a little bit on the edge. Like she's just like one bad day away from getting that gun in the trunk and going for fucking postal on somebody. Oh, yeah. I mean, she does try to shoot the blackmailer, yeah? Yes, she does. Which, uh, she used a cop's gun. And I'm like, you should know better than that. <laughs> you should know better than that. But the thing is, she ran into um, an, her old friend from high school, and she's sleeping with him. And he's a cop now. So she took his gun to the drop and, you know, was going to shoot the... I feel like Ty should let her shoot him in the knee. <laughs> just just nothing nothing damaging. Just, just blow the knees out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not damaging. <laughs> you can rebuild a knee. You can't rebuild a brain. Like, yeah, I know. Nothing deadly. We're so is, gonna lose listeners. Oh my god! I'm... <laughs> um, but she, when when Kevin, the, the cop, uh, realizes that she took his gun and he's missing a bullet, I'm surprised she doesn't know that they count all the rounds and they have to be like inventory daily. Um, and I found it fascinating that she clearly was catching feelings for him, but turned it around to be like, uh, I'm just using you for fun. Um, and like, why do you care what I did with your gun? Like, fuck off. She just gets cold and unfeeling, even though she's clearly, like, definitely into this guy. This this woman has all the feelings. <laughs> yes. Um, I think she has more feelings than we do. It's Maybe not. <laughs> I have a lot. Um, but she give me a run for my money. I think she could, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is, you know, we have the episode playing in the background, and I'm just like, again, I'm just distracted by how good the show is. Um, We've seen the first episode maybe... Four times? Four or five? Four or five times, know. yeah. This might make it five. <laughs> I think so. So th- with the with the show, there is, you know, there is the blackmail element. There is the, because it's the 25th anniversary of, of the crash, which, you know, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to have an anniversary and, <laughs> like, be like, hello, survivor. And, like, because when Sean is talking to the reporter in the kitchen, there's a thing in, like, Us Weekly about, like, the survivors. And I'm like, that's weird. Um, so there's the that thing, then there's the blackmail and then people, they're getting the postcards. But Shauna didn't get a postcard, so there's speculation as to why that is. So we do see her holding one sort of later on. Yes. So this is my question, and we've discussed this. Like, is this... Did she get one and she was lying, or do they give her one? Yeah, I don't... I still haven't figured that out. And it's people on, on Reddit. I joined Reddit just to talk about this fucking show. Like, that's how into it I am. <laughs> uh. And we should point out that there's a whole other storyline going on, too, which is that Travis appeared to have committed suicide. I was getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Nat is convinced that it's murder, and there's this whole sort of side plot of trying to figure out who the murderer is, and 
figure out whether it's connected to the blackmail and blah 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 so there's an incredible amount of subplots going on in the show and i'm invested in every single one of them yeah so misty's fucking citizen detective <laughs> Um, has crime scene photos of where Travis was murdered, suicided. <laughs> he was unalived. <laughs> um, and she very, very quickly places everything in a, in a pattern and draws out the symbol that was on the tree in the first scene uh, and on the postcard they got. So I'm just like, okay, hey, that's fucking crazy, first of all, that you noticed wax in spots on the floor and were able to piece everything together and draw that fucking symbol. So you fucking it's, psychopath. And so it's like, seriously, does you have something to do with it? Yeah. Because, um... Like, most people wouldn't just, like, glance at random wax spots and be like, like that's oh, a yeah, symbol. that's yeah. a symbol. <laughs> no matter how much of a fucking weird citizen detective you think you are. Yeah. <laughs> you also point out her fucking parrot's name is Caligula. Like, this detail makes me so happy. <laughs> it's just... It's seriously, everything about her. Yeah. Unhinged. So, and she also kind of grabbed something from Travis's house that said, um, it was a notepad, and she said, this is the last thing he wrote. And she gives it to Nat, and it says, uh, it was, it's like an etching, so she colored over the blank page, and it said, Nat was right. And now I'm just, like, thinking about that. I'm like, so Misty just kind of, like, grabbed that thing and put it in her pocket. Um, is that something Travis actually did? Because Misty's like, well, what do you write about? And she's like, I don't fucking know, but I'm, I'm right that he didn't kill himself. Mm-hmm. Did Misty fucking write that? I wouldn't put it past her. I wouldn't fucking put it past her, because she's no. fucking crazy. Um, so there's the murder, uh, there's the blackmail... And then there is, I, I'm still up in the air about the, if there's a supernatural element to this truly. Because when there's a flashback episode with Ty, we kind of get like the backstory of all the, the main characters. Um, Ty's very young child, I think like four or so. She's with her grandmother who's dying. And they have a nice moment. And then her, she goes back to see her grandmother again. And her grandmother's clearly not doing well. And she starts freaking out, don't let them take my eyes. And t- little Ty is like, what are you talking about? And then they flash to a mirror, and there's a guy there in a suit with no eyes. So that's creepy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's hard to tell whether this is just some sort of, you know, because we've seen that Ty does have some issues with reality. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, she's. I don't think she has both feet firmly planted in this reality. <laughs> right. So I think if there's anything super- supernatural going on, it's perhaps mostly to do with Lottie. And whatever's happening out in the woods, because yeah. Lottie does seem to be clairvoyant. Yes, and that was something I found very interesting. Uh, so we have uh, Lottie, one of, the, one of the players. We don't have her counterpart in the modern times yet. Uh, she has visions, I guess. Um, and they did a seance. And the, the typical teen girl, she does have a fucking seance in the cabin where there's a dead body, because that's what you do. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, they removed the dead body, but still. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they found a dead body, they got rid of it, but then they had the seance. Because, yeah. you know what, let's... Uh, how many of us went to silver parties where we just tried to conjure something? <laughs> <laughs> so they had the seance, and it's kind of like, it's funny and whatever. Um, and then, at one point, Lottie has been hearing things because she was on what looked like antipsychotics. And she was kind of, like, flipping out, and she looks behind her, and so she's looking at the camera, and then the camera switches to something flying towards the cabin and a window flies open which i'm sorry but mental illness does not make windows fly yeah mental mental illness does not equal uh telekinesis (laughs) so i was actually really relieved when it turned out that um lottie was truly clairvoyant or something and not just 
you know, experiencing yeah. psychosis because TV has historically not treated no. people with mental illness very well or represented them very kindly. So, um, I, I mean, there could still be a mental illness aspect. I don't know. But right now it's really just looking like she was assumed you know, quote-unquote crazy because of these visions. Yeah, and, and that was kind of uh, the case because they showed a flashback to her with her parents where she uh, was having a, a vision as a small child in their car. She started screaming, and then her pa- her dad stopped driving. He said, like, what the fuck? And then the car next to them got T-boned. So she... And then she was, like, back to playing with her little My Little Pony. Like, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, love this. I made this joke on Twitter. Uh, you know, Todd's the quiet religious guy who eventually goes crazy. We have a religious zealot on the team, Laura Lee, um, who had nothing to do with the seance and was just like, this is stupid, you're all heathens, you're all going to hell. Um, but then Lottie kind of goes to her and is like, what's, like, you're the, you're the resident Jesus expert, help me out. <laughs> uh, so they, they have this conversation about, like, Jesus and visions and, and what that means for for Christians. I don't know if she's Catholic Catholic, but you know, whatever. Um, so Laura Lee kind of like jumps on this as like, Oh, you're a prophet or you're a visionary or you're something. There's like a thing there. Uh, and (laughs) Lottie's like, yeah, I kind of want help. I want to get into this. And then Laura Lee's first instinct is let's go to a baptizing. She's like really excited that Lottie might be this like sort of conduit. Yeah. She's very excited. Um, (laughs) I mean, but here's the thing. Christians are, are wild. Um, people at home thought Jesus himself appeared uh, on the side of a Tim Hortons in Brodor. Because, I mean, if Jesus has come back, he's sure as fuck not come back at Tim Hortons in fucking Brodor. No. Like, <laughs> there, I guess there's a church nearby, but come on now. <laughs> He'd have better taste than that, I think. Yeah, I think he's going to make more of a splash, really. <laughs> <laughs> He'll go to Manhattan or something. <laughs> Although he might not, the people will be like, yeah, you're Jesus, cool. All right, so is that guy. <laughs> so Laura Lee's first thing is like, let's baptize you. Because I don't know what the fuck that's going to do. So they go do the thing, and there's a really cool shot with Lottie underwater, and Laura Lee leaning over her, and her head blocks the sun, and everything kind of goes black, and then Lottie has vision. Um, and she ends up in like this bunkery kind of situation. I don't know, but it's it's cool. And I said this, like... Misty saw the chance to make a cult, and she went for it. Yep. And I do wonder if the stress and the trauma and the isolation is going to make Laura Lee be like, look, we have a prophet, we have a vision, we have somebody here. Yep. Let's let's follow what Lottie's hearing from whatever source. Um, and I wonder if that's going to be one of the things that breaks up the group. Because we, we don't know there's only two. There could be other groups. There could it's, be other factions. It's true, yeah. So, I'm just very curious, and I love that I said, like, Laura Lee is going to go either... Uh, the power of Christ compels you. Full power of Christ compels you. <laughs> um, or she's going to lean hard into the religious aspect, and she did. And you made a really good point about... Uh, there was one scene where I think Jackie found Lottie standing in the water. And yeah. she was like, what are you doing? And Lottie didn't really seem to know what she was doing. And this was prior to the baptism, but it seems like maybe she kind of foresaw the whole baptism thing, and maybe that's what led yeah, her she, to inquire. Yeah, because she was wearing, like, this kind of, like, flowy kind of thing, yeah. and then Laura Lee put her in the fucking bapt- baptismal robe. But who the fuck? I'm like, is that your nightgown? Like, you look like a sister wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna assume that it is a nightgown of some sort. That conveniently looks like a baptism gown. Because <laughs> of course it does. So, yeah, so I wonder if that was, like, her acting out something potentially 
that hadn't happened yet because she seemed kind of confused as to why she was there or it was just like the antipsychotics were leaving her system and she was kind of like in a fog could be yeah so we're, again we're watching the first episode and shauna has a, a locked safe in her closet but that has a lot of journals so i guess they were there for 19 months they're gonna write a lot and she has a burner phone <laughs> which i'm just like for someone who doesn't want to be contacted or have anything to do with these people she's got a number memorized she's got <laughs> ty's number memorized and i love that she's using this fucking burner phone that like she has to pay for that still to have service like yeah <laughs> This isn't like a Wi-Fi phone. It's a fucking Motorola Razor. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an old school phone, <laughs> and that's a, and that's the thing. It's not old school in the way that like she's using it for nostalgia purposes. She's using it for shifty purposes. Yeah, <laughs> like you look at that phone and you're like, that is a shifty phone. Yeah, that's either you're selling drugs or you're trafficking people. So yeah, um, I just I again I'm distracted by this uh, Paloma Faith cover of Never Tear Us Apart. Listen to the soundtrack; it's so fucking good. It's good, good, good. It's so good. I love it so much. And I said this is the most '90s looking show that I've seen that's ever that's not set in the '90s. They have it down like to a fine art. It's so perfect. I mean, this butterfly shirt that Jackie was just wearing. Yeah, perfection. I don't know. The '90s were really obsessed with butterflies. Yeah, why was that? I had I wore fucking butterfly clips. Not that they stayed in my hair long because it was so curly, but... I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that was about. I do not <laughs> wish to repeat it. No, all of you who are youth listening to this, the 90s were not good fashion-wise. Like, do not bring that shit Please back. Please stop bringing it back. Please just cease. Just stop. Cease. Stop, <laughs> with, stop with the high-waisted <laughs> pants and stop with all... No. No, high-waisted is fine. It's the mom jeans that are bad. Yeah. High, you know, I like the high-waisted because it keeps all my stuff kept in <laughs> what's the what's the, what's the thing the cats have the primordial pouch yeah. <laughs> but just i i you know i mean power to you if you wear those pants but i, I refuse to wear them yeah no we're not doing that again no i'm not i'm not doing it you can't you and won't. i realize now i sound like my mother did in the 90s so mm-hmm. whatever so in terms of theories, what are we what are we going to theorize here? Like, is Jeff having an affair? Because there's speculation that Jeff is having an affair. I don't think he is because he seems he's got like big wife guy energy. Yeah, as uh, <laughs> Kayla Kumari. Yeah, uh, he's got wife guy energy. Said. Uh, Which is you know what I see that he definitely seems like the kind of guy who like realizes my wife is super smart because like right now Sean is looking at an early admission into Brown. He's definitely up to something shifty, and there's a possibility that he could be involved with the blackmail because they've alluded to them having money problems. Yeah. But I don't think that he's cheating on her. But she thinks she's he's cheating on her, which is why she feels okay to go ahead with this affair with Adam because yep. it's like, well, you know, eye for an eye sort of thing. Yeah. And people said that her kid is the one involved, and I was like, maybe... Um, and got, there's a bit of weight to that because when the, Sean and her kid eventually did have like a kind of heart to heart about her past, uh, is when her kid was on Molly at a Halloween party that Sean was at with Adam and Callie saw her because she, and Sean was having a bit of a fit because she was wearing Jackie's uniform and Jackie was just like, oh fuck. And we saw a little hint of em- empathy and awareness and kindness from Callie. Sucks that she had to be on fucking drugs to have the conversation right. with her mom. <laughs> like, so, I feel like that's meaningful. Literally, she has to be on 
severely mind-altering drugs to talk to her mom. Yeah. Um, so I, will, I, I wonder where that's going to go. And I don't think, like, just think, I don't think Jeff is doing the blackmailing. I think he might be involved. I don't think Callie has the savviness really to do it. But she's shitty enough to maybe do it. It's hard to say, read the savviness, but she's definitely shitty enough. And, you know, she could also think that she's helping. Yeah. It could be like a teenage brain, like, oh, yeah, we'll just, we'll just blackmail people to get, you know, make mom happy kind of thing. Or like, you know, I can have a college fund kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Although 50 grand, 50 grand is uh, not a lot for American school from what I can. No, it's true. But it would be enough to get you sort of out of a bad place, maybe. Yeah. So we'll, I, we'll see where that goes. I'm, I think I, at that point, I'm just like, it could be literally anybody. Is it Misty? I don't know. Because Misty's got the reporter tied up in her basement. But Ty was also working with the reporter because she was trying to ensure that no one would talk about 25 years ago. Which in, which implies to me that there's more of them out there. I think so, because they, they kind of even maybe alluded to others. Yeah. Shauna mentioned that to the reporter. Mm-hmm. I, I don't talk to the others. Yeah. Even though she clearly fucking does. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, what does that mean? Is she lying? Or is, does she truly not talk to some of the others who are out there that we don't know about? Yeah, so, and, it's, and that's the thing. Like, Shauna is, you know, has that facade, and she is a compulsive liar, it seems. So mm-hmm. maybe this is true, maybe this isn't true. Um, I also love the jacket Melanie is wearing in this scene with Ty. It's this, like, denim Sherpa coat, and I want one so bad. <laughs> yeah, you've been on about this Sherpa coat for a while. I know, it's cool. It's like '90s cool. Look at her. Look at the, look the, she looks fucking awesome. They're out there. I think I even saw one at Old Navy. Like, well, fuck me then. You should have told me that. <laughs> okay, so that's that's the theory on the blackmail. Um, I feel like it's probably not Jeff because he's the you know wife guy. I don't think that Callie's behind it, but I think there's something going on. Uh, it could be Misty. Just you know, want to do some light crimes to get her friends back together because, you know, it's 25 years, let's let's reunite because I miss you guys because she's God. fucking nuts. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Again, literally would not put anything past her. No. And with Ty, I, I don't want to say it's disassociation because that's a very specific mental illness. It's a mm-hmm. personality thing. Um, like, it's like you're, you take on a whole other personality with that disassociation. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like that. It's more that she just kind of um, goes into... Disassociative identity disorder. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more like she goes into a fugue state. Yes, 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 yes. Um, And, like, you know, (laughs) eats dirt and other weird things. Yeah, so my question with this is, and my theory with this is, she's never been one to handle pressure well. Um... And for that, we don't know why, but I just, you know, she has never been able to cope with it. And, you know, some people, when they get stressed out, they cry. Some people stress eat. I stress bake. (laughs) I stress eat dirt. So she's been sneaking out at night in this fugue state to eat dirt in the past. And currently she's sitting in the tree outside her kid's room, which I find odd. Um, So my, (laughs) I think there is some level of trauma response. I don't think it's full-on DID. Where does her wife think she goes? I really... Because there's been a question... Go ahead. I just really... No, I just really want to know the answers to that. Well, because I wonder if she's making excuses for it without knowing that she's making excuses for it. Because at one point, um, Simone, her wife, said, where did you go last night? Uh, You were out so late. And she said, oh, the meetings ran long. 
And I'm like, were you actually in a meeting or are you hiding in a fucking tree eating dirt again? <laughs> and I just, I like how they're playing it with the kid because this kid is saying, you know, you're, you're not the bad one. You are not the bad one. So in his mind, he's saying, you right now, you are the good mom. The bad lady in the tree is not you. And this is, again, like, this is why it's you need to pay attention to shit. It's actually insightful. Yeah. yeah, but this is why you need to pay attention to how they phrase things and how they frame things. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, that's a weird way to put that. You're not the bad one. And I'm like, neither is Simone, though. So, like, what? The, oh, there we go. This version of Ty is good. That version of Ty is bad. And he's justifying it in his own head. And I was the one who made that connection early yes. on. You are a very good citizen detective. Mm-hmm, I am. <laughs> I am less psychotic than Misty Quigley. Yes. So far. Should we rename the cat Caligula? <laughs> no. <laughs> Podcast is now going by Caligula. Um, yeah, so there's a scene um, right now in the, in the episode where they're eating somebody. Um, it's really gross, and there's like a very sort of ritualistic yeah. uh, vibe to it. Yeah, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people and one person wearing antlers and this we don't even fucking try to figure out which actors these are these are all stunt doubles this has been disclosed in numerous interviews mm, okay um so now there's a whole thing of like who is the antler queen as the internet is taken to calling her um and it is very ritualistic and i, I want to know like where this came from i want to know why this is happening the way it is um and one thing that came up <laughs> look at the cats in the fucking outfit of misty jesus um <laughs> One of the things that came up when Misty was making the really, really obviously quick connection of the symbols, mm-hmm. um, Nat said, Travis didn't believe this shit. So, what is the shit? So, I think there is maybe some kind of... Supernatural? Supernatural thing happening, yeah. and I definitely think it's contained to 25 years ago. I think anything supernatural now is this tie having a, a bit of a break. Right, yes. What else is on your little list of notes there? <laughs> I think we've talked about most of them, actually. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I'm, I, I think we've probably, like, talked enough about this at this point. <laughs> um, in short, really good show. Yeah. So fucking much going on. Yeah. Everybody is perfect. Casting is perfect. Music is perfect. Yeah. Uh... Well, I don't think they're perfect. I think they're all fucking damaged individuals in this crazy ass bitch. I, I, I meant the actors, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely not the characters. Though that's the one more thing that I will say. There is no one on the show that isn't very nuanced. Even yes. Misty. Yeah. Even Misty has like you at least you don't um, accept her behavior, but you know where it comes from. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I I can completely understand why she does stuff like this. I don't like it. I think she's terrible. It's just, you know, people who aren't psychopaths don't usually engage in this kind of behavior. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, um, please watch it and then talk to us about it. Yeah, feel free to... I'm usually on my personal Twitter screaming about it. Uh, Oh, was that an editing error? Misty's got a different car. Leaving the maybe it was like a just the pilot that gave her a Fiat and the other one. You missed drives a Fiat too. <laughs> I listens to show tunes. Like it, no one normal listens to show tunes. Like she's sitting in the car listening to Phantom of the Opera when she stabs a reporter with like a bunch of narcotics. Like 
that's... That seems to be exclusively what she listens to as well, by yeah. the way. I mean, people do listen to show tunes, but that's, like, all she listens to, and it's yeah. always the really dramatic shit. Yeah. Or, like, the really deranged that shit, like... Cats. Uh, like, Mr. Whatever the Mr. fuck from... Yeah. yeah, Cats. <laughs> oh, um, so if we do see more of the survivors in the present day, who would you want to play who? Oh, God, you should have let me prepare my answer. <laughs> no, I want you to... Uh, ooh. <laughs> I don't know, does Bill Skarsgård have, like, a sister or something that can play Elder Jenny? <laughs> um, Kirsten Dunst would be good for Laura Lee. Yes, that's a good call. Um, who'd be good for Lottie? Maybe Kaminda Negra. Is Lottie Indian? Oh, I don't, well, maybe, uh, I don't know. Her skin is just very not white, so. I know, but I, that, yeah, would, that's true. that okay. would inform my decision. Cause yeah, I don't... okay. Um, trying to think of who else. Who, oh, who, who would be a good Van? Oh, uh, Lauren Ambrose. Lauren Ambrose would be good. Yes. Even though, like, Lauren Ambrose isn't that much older than us. <laughs> well, she's a bit older. Okay. But yeah, I think Lauren would be a good choice. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else would be. If, uh, oh, if we do see older Jackie. Um, like Susan Strandon 10 years ago would be a good. Yeah, Susan's too, <laughs> old, too old for that sort of matchup right now. Yeah. But, but they have similar eyes. Like. Yes, they do. But yeah, definitely Susan as of 10, 15 years ago would have yeah. been a good choice. Yeah, if you have any ideas for like future casting, I would love to hear them because that's one of my favorite things to do is speculate about who could be a good role for what. Um, yeah, so this is, we fucking love Yellow Jackets. Like, I am fully, fully, fully obsessed. Like, like, just unhinged obsession. Like, both of us get pretty into things, obviously. That's why we have this podcast. <laughs> but this is, I've not been this engaged in a show for, like, years. I don't know. I mean, I, I was pretty involved with Carmelo, but that was that fandom just fucking sucked and took the fun out of it. Um, I think the last time I was this engaged, like, online with, like, theories and with stuff was, like, Buffy. When I was back on, like, Buffer, Buffy, Buffyverse? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, you know, our obsession with Yellow Jackets. Uh, please, please watch the show so we can yell at you about it on the internet. <laughs> uh, season two is coming out, God knows when, because they have to film in Vancouver and we are a hot mess of COVID right now. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think. Let us know if you're watching it. Give us your theories. Let's discuss how much Melanie Linsky looks hot in a stripper coat. <laughs> <laughs> well, Melanie, Mel- Melanie Linsky looks hot all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's <Yeah>. just obvious. <laughs> Pretty sure even my mom is a little gay for Melanie Linsky. I think everybody's a little gay for Melanie Linsky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's it. Uh, watch the show. It's amazing. This is not Ontario Mountains. I'm sorry. That's, that's BC Mountains. Anyway. Do you want to talk about our social media? Yes, I'm going to. <laughs> You just want to go have dinner because we have leftover Chinese food. <laughs> uh, you can get us uh, WBB underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email. If you want to email us about the show, like, fucking go for it. I love reading a good essay about a show. Uh, WBB podcast one at Gmail. Uh, you'll see pictures of us from New Year's when we were not drunk. <laughs> pictures of the cat. See the picture of the dog in a wagon. <laughs> Took the dog for a walk in a wagon yesterday. Uh, thank you, as always, to Grace, Big Mama Llama 5, for our logo and buy merch from her Redbubble store. Uh, and, yeah, hopefully we actually have a schedule this year. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> or at least record more. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe no schedule, but we'll do more than seven fucking episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.